Tall man stood up and led them deeper into the hospital. The three outsiders would never have found the way by themselves. After two minutes, the tall man handed one of the outsiders a key, indicated a yellow steel door with no identification. This is it? The leader of the three was skeptical. The door looked like nothing. Yes, said the tall man. This is the side door. When you go in, you'll be right among them. One or two. The front door and service window is closed until six. I'll be around the corner until you call, watching. He'd be around the corner where he could slip out of sight if something went wrong. The other man nodded, asked, Everybody ready? The other two muttered, Yeah. Tense now. Pulled on the masks, took their pistols out. The leader put the key in the lock and yanked open the door. Whether Karkinen had taken a half-pill at nine o'clock, knowing that she wouldn't sleep without it. Too much to do, too much to think about. The procedure had been researched, rehearsed, debated, and undoubtedly prayed over. Now the time had come. Sleep came hard. She kept imagining the first moment, the first cut, the commitment the parting of the flesh beneath the edge of her scalpel, on a nearly circular path between the skulls of the two babies. But sometime before 9.30, she slipped away. She didn't feel her husband come to bed at one o'clock in the morning. He took care not to disturb her, undressing in the dark, lying as unmoving as he could, listening to her breathing until he, too, slipped away. And then her eyes popped open. Pop! Dark not quite silent, the furnace running in the winter night. She lifted her head to the clock, 4.30. She'd been asleep for seven hours. Eight would have been the theoretical ideal, but she never slept eight. She closed her eyes again, organizing herself, stepping through the upcoming day. At twenty minutes to five, she got out of bed, stretched, and headed to the ensuite bathroom, checking herself. She felt sharp. Excellent. She brushed her teeth, showered, washed and dried her short-cut blonde hair. She had laid out her clothes the night before. She walked across the bedroom barefoot in the light of the two digital clocks, picked them up, a thick black silk jersey and gray wool slacks and dressy black leather square-toed shoes. She would have preferred to wear soft-soled cross-training shoes, like the nurses did, but surgeons didn't dress like nurses. She'd never even told anyone about the gel in her soles. She carried her clothes back to the bathroom, shut the door, turned on the light again, and dressed. When she was ready, she looked at herself in the mirror. Not bad. Weather might have wished to have been a little taller, for the authority given by height. She might have wished for a chiseled nose. But her husband pointed out that she'd never had a problem giving orders or having them followed and that he thought her nose, which she saw as lumpy, was devastatingly attractive, and that any number of men had chased after her, nose and all. So, not bad. She grinned at herself, turned to make sure the slacks didn't make her ass look fat. They didn't. Switched off the light, opened the bathroom door, and tiptoed across the bedroom. Her husband said in the dark, Good luck, babe. I didn't know you were awake. I'm probably more nervous than you are, he said. She went back to the bed and kissed him on the forehead. Go back to sleep.
Downstairs in the kitchen, she had two pieces of toast, a cup of instant coffee, and a yogurt. Got her bag, went out to the car, backed out of the garage, and headed downtown, on the snowy streets, across the river to the Minnesota Medical Research Center. She might be first in, she thought, but maybe not. There were forty people on the surgical team. Somebody had to be more nervous than she was. At the hospital, the yellow door popped open and the three big men swarmed through. Two people were working in the pharmacy. A short, slender, older man who might once in the sixties have been a dancer but no longer had the muscle tone. He wore a scuzzy beard on his cheeks, a soul patch under his lower lip. First thing when he came to work, he tied a paper surgeon's cap on his head for the rush he got when people looked at him in the cafeteria. The other person was a busy, intent, heavyset woman.